Welcome to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. The Aggies edged the then-13th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats in overtime 20-14 Saturday at Kyle Field in an absolute thriller. A&M running back Travion Williams. Guy ran for 130 yards. He caught six balls for 72 yards, and he ran in the game-winning touchdown right in front of me from 10 yards out in overtime. Meanwhile, the A&M defense was lights out. Donning those 1998 throwback uniforms and with a 98 team in attendance and celebrating the 20-year anniversary of the last conference championship for the Aggie program, the defense stepped up. They look quite a bit like their wrecking crew forefathers from the late 90s from two decades ago. A&M allowed 112 yards of offense and a touchdown in the first quarter. After that, the Aggies gave up, get the 66 total yards, and Kentucky never snapped the football one time in regulation on AM's side of the 50-yard line. The one touchdown was beyond the 50, a 54-yard touchdown. Their other score was a scooping score on a fumble recovery late in the fourth quarter. The Aggies held talented Wildcats running back Benny Snell to just 60 yards rushing on the ground. A&M is 4-2 overall, 2-1 and one in SEC play, and the Aggies head to Columbia to take on South Carolina Saturday, a 2.30 central time kick. 3.30 on the East Coast on the SEC Network. The Gamecocks are coming off a last-second two-point win over Missouri last week at home. We come into the matchup with the Aggies at 3-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in league play. Coming up on the program, we'll look back on the win over Kentucky, get you ready for the Ags and Gamecocks. We're joined on the show by former A&M quarterbacks Jimmy Wright and Trevor Knight, and SEC Network analyst and former Georgia offensive lineman Matt Stinchcomb. All that coming your way on the program. We'll also pick some games, get into the keys for the Aggies and the Gamecocks, and more. Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Come on! We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage, but they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. Uh, Moving expenses. Uh. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader Trade-In Marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. 
With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And we're joined in studio, as always, right now to kick off this program and dive into it, looking back first and then look ahead with the chief of police, former Bryant-era quarterback and longtime coordinator in the SEC at Tennessee and Mississippi State, Jimmy Wright with us. Jimmy, how are you, I'm doing just fine, and I'm uh, feeling much better. And, boy, was that a great Saturday game uh, this past Saturday. Man, that was fun, wasn't it, That was a big-time game. That was a big-time game. And you could tell how conservative the coaches were waiting to use defense, Gabe, uh, to rest on defense, the running game, and see who made mistakes first to capitalize on them. And you could just tell – uh, it took all of them, uh, each coach that was calling the plays, like Coach Fisher and then their offensive coordinator. Eddie Grant. Mm-hmm. They were all waiting and using that clock all the way. And it was a very, very uh, – you could tell it was going to be a low-scoring game. It was going to be a physical game. And it was going to be determined on field position, rushing, defense, and uh, – I thought our defense played lights out, and I want to brag on every one of them. And I thought Donovan Wilson played great. Yes, I looked he did. up his tackles. He had uh, 12 tackles. He had four solo, 12 uh, assists. A senior. Now listen to all this. The top secondary guy was Donovan Wilson with, with 12. The top linebacker tackler was Atora Laka with uh, five. Four and, uh, no, six, four and two. And he was a senior. The defensive end best tackler was Landis Durham with five. Mm -hmm. And he's a senior. And then Kingsley Kiki had five. And all seniors played outstanding. All four of those categories of making tackles, of hustling, of being uh, what I would say would be uh, very uh, alive and have plenty of energy for the game. They all look great, I'm telling you. They played good. Four and a half of A&M's six sacks were seniors. That's correct. Five and a half of A&M's eight tackles for loss were seniors. And when you factor in that Donovan Wilson had 12 tackles, that's really a lot in the old days when he's playing 100 snaps. Yes. Well, guess what? He played 50 50. snaps. That's right. And I think he was on the field for every last one of them. I could be wrong. He played 50 snaps and had 12 tackles. I mean, that's one every four plays the dude's making a tackle. A lot of them in the open field. Yes. And what I liked about his open field, he broke down and wrapped them up. Yes, he did. Even the announcers talked about it. Well, he saw what he could hit, so he's hitting right in in the letters. That's correct. And then driving a guy with his arms. He went to the numbers because the numbers don't move. Yeah, I was thinking no kill shots out of him. That's right. Good, He didn't try to use his headgear as a torpedo and go in there to shoulder tackle. And I thought the the tackling was better on defense. The pursuit, uh, the uh, quarterback for Kentucky – was uh, I think he was 13 to 20 for 65%, which wasn't good or great. It was just okay because he was only for 108 yards, but no interceptions, but you hit it on the head. The big thing was six sacks. Well, six sacks, and most of those were a combination of A&M's coverage downfield. Covered, a lot of it was coverage, yes. Yeah, and then his indecisiveness if he did see a, an opportunity. So I don't think he was a very good quarterback at all. I had him more highly regarded before I saw him with my own eyes than actually seeing He's him. a better runner 
Now, the A&M did a much better job of the inside read because yeah. I saw the Florida game. I saw the Florida game. He ran that inside read with Snail, read the guard. He took Snail, and he bounced through there, outran the linebacker, and went 54 yards for a touchdown. Yep. He ran for over 100 yards against Florida. That's correct. And, and, and he really looked different against us. And it looked like to me that our game plan was a little bit more complicated for him. And I think he was very unsure of himself in his passing reads and his uh, pass-run option reads. I really do. You know, Cole Kublik last hour said something very interesting, that what gives you so much encouragement about what Elko does and did in that game is that he didn't load up the box and, and to stop the run. He played base, and they still stopped the run, which meant he could still play coverage downfield. I mean, he didn't have to put eight, nine in a box to stop that sucker. He didn't have to put eight or nine in the box. How encouraging is that? And he didn't have to put eight all the time in the secondary right. to stop the coverage. No, he, he went play, base. He played a 4-2 nickel or a 4-3, mm-hmm. a base in there, and they did an outstanding. Now, I'm going to tell you now, I hope the fans, Kentucky is a good football team. That's a big I, win. Uh, that's a big win. And I, I looked at their schedule. They'll probably end up 10-2, and two, Gabe. They've got Georgia as their toughest game. They've got Tennessee. they got Vanderbilt. they got Missouri. they got Middle Tennessee and Louisville. They're, they could be 10-2. and two, I agree. Easy. I think they will be. And, and have a good bowl and, and maybe a 6-2 in the, in the SEC in the uh, East for second place, see. Oh, Missouri could give them a little bit of trouble. That, that's the team that could give them <laughs> trouble. But Georgia is their big, heavy-hitting loss, yeah. probably. But who knows the, the way the SEC is going. But uh, I hope the folks don't think that, okay, we beat a basketball school. Uh, Stoops has got a football team there. <clears throat> they are. They have a good offensive line. They've got a front seven. They're weak at quarterback. They're outstanding at tailback. They're weak in the uh, secondary and weak at receiver. Well, if you want to throw out some game balls, and there are a lot of people to do that, Jimmy, and as a coach, you've done that before, yeah. I'm sure, but Travion Williams might need to get your first one. He he, was he's going to he get all the game balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How good was he in this game? He was super. If you start talking about 24 carries and, what, 138 yards at uh, 5.7, I think, 5.2 yards per carry, I believe. 5.8. 5.8, okay. And then if you add on his six catches to make it to a total of 210 yards with 72 right. yards, that's at 7.0 every time he touched the ball. If you want to know how Snail did, he was 13 for 60 for 4.6, and then you add on four uh, catches for 18 at 78, 4.5. Every time he touched the ball. Travion Williams basically tripled Benny Snell's production. He sure did, and he was, he should. I don't know if they've come out with the SEC back of the week, but he certainly should be up there. Yep, 100% agree. We'll have more with James Wright Jr. on the other side. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach along with Jimmy Wright and looking ahead to this trip out to the East Coast. You know, a hurricane's whipping through there basically right now, and we hope and pray everybody's safe over there. And then the Aggies are headed that way about a day after the hurricane becomes a tropical storm and then shoots over to uh, north of there. And you hope everybody's fine over there, but the Aggies got some work to do this week. It'll be a challenging three-game road trip starting right here with a trip to South Carolina, then a bye week before Mississippi State, and then Auburn before returning home for the final three games. Jimmy Wright here to break up, break down this matchup between the Aggies and the Gamecocks. 
second place in the West is on the table. Ten right. and two, nine and three, or if you want to look at this, seven and two, six and one, somewhere in that range, is still on the table for this team in the SEC. That's correct. It really is. And, and what we're doing is playing what if, right, Gabe? Yep. And what if, uh, what if that our defense plays great every game? And we play very, very good on offense and running, improve the passing game, and keep the punting game, improve the field goal kicking, and eliminate two turnovers per game, whether they're uh, quarterback-related or whatever, okay? Uh, I think with the next six games that A&M can beat every team there provided they play like they did against Kentucky and Clemson and every team that's on that schedule can beat us if we don't play that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. right now, uh, I am putting my faith in uh, uh, the defense because I think the identity of this team is the front seven with, uh, I'm going to say, five seniors, I believe. Yep. If it? you count DCS, it's five seniors. Counting five seniors, and they're playing extremely well. And the greatest thing that took place that helped this team, and I hate to say it like this, was when Kingsley Kiki moved from tackle to end, and we gave Dalen Mack yep. a chance to come out of being a reserve and a rover. And he said, okay, I'm a senior, and he's a, he's a mature young man now. He said, I've got a chance to be first team, two technique or three technique, and by golly, I'm going to take that position, and I'm going to run with it, and he has. He really and, has. And, and he's played really good compared to junior and sophomore year. He's had and the loudest 11-tackle season at the halfway point of the season that I've ever really seen. He has played really good yeah. along with – Justin Matabuki, 52, oh, yeah. Landis Durham, <clears throat> and Kingsley. And that was a good move. I, I hated that Michael Clemens got injured, but it was a great move for us, and it worked out, and it solidified the front four and the two line. Yep. Now, we are weak at linebackers in terms of bodies. Now, don't get me wrong. We've got some bodies that are back there in, in, in number 35, number 52, 56, but we only play about three linebackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth there. Not a lot of depth. We play three linebackers, and we'll play a nickelback. But they have been playing awesome, and we really – that's our identity. We are a blue-collar team, a tough-nosed team. Uh, I've watched a couple of other ESPN shows uh, the last two days, and all they talked about was how tough A&M has become. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a very good compliment. And that's what Fisher and Elko have been trying to do with all the rest of the coaches. And they have so far accomplished it. And to me, 5-2 and two was what you and I were predicting all along. And it's a very needed win against South Carolina. And, and the thing, that I'm, thing I always worry about with A&M is that lackadaisical attitude that crept in with the past staff when they were favored to win and they rolled their headgears out there and didn't play tough, solid football. You're talking about the Arkansas game. I'm talking about last year oh, last and the year before and the right, year right. before. Well, and they kind of crept in a little bit maybe when they got that big lead against Arkansas, but Jimbo nipped it in the bud yes. going against Kentucky. And and what, I, what I'm hoping is that the South Carolina game – Will be a game either like Clemson or like the Kentucky game where we're playing football for four quarters and never bat an eye, never flinch, and do not beat ourselves and play tough. Well, let's play Jimbo seven there, um, Daltino, if we can, because Jimbo discussed that and discussed why he's confident. And what are the keys to A&M football? If you want to put that in your ear, you can hear Jimbo, Jimmy. Okay. And Jimbo Soundbites presented by Hideaway Humidor, South College Station, William D. Fitch, is Coach Fisher on the second half of the season and the keys to a successful second half after starting four and two. as a huge three-game road trip coming up and then set you for three games, right. set you up for three home games. Two of them very winnable. One of them is probably an even split right now. So what are the keys to success in the back half of this season? That's the plan. I think hopefully by our training and the way we practice, 
that we're out there in pads and we, and we lift hard during the season along with our time allotments and make sure we we lot time for that, how we train in the summers and how we work our off-season conditioning and how we go about it. The, the object is to be a better team in December than you were in August, September. And that's what we that's our whole goal in everything we do and the way we practice, the way we play and the whole dynamic of the way this organization set up is to do that. So that's when you want to peak. So um, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. But the, I say this, and I, I say this before, in our GPS and our numbers and our things in practice, we're getting faster. Guys are staying up for longer periods of time. Accelerations are getting quicker. Top speeds are staying there longer. You know what I'm saying? So in our numbers and our physical testing that we see, so far that's reflecting it. All the stats and metrics point that this team is more primed right. for a nice back half run than they've been in since Johnny left. And, and all of that, Gabe, is from working harder in practice, working harder January, February, March, getting ready for spring practice, and, and, and not going out and – um, watching more, uh, coaches talking longer, but actually doing repetition and reps, getting a lot of rep. It's just like when you and I went out there and bingo, instead of playing uh, 01 against uh, uh, D2, uh, uh, he went 01 against D1 and 02 against D2 and had had 44 guys going at one time, uh, two Two on the south end, two on the north end, and there wasn't a lot of guys standing around. So um, what I what I see is harder work in practice, better preparation, better game planning. Uh, I like the offensive game plan of really pushing, having a defense, a running game, play action, being very efficient, throwing twenty seven to thirty passes per game, not fifty. Yep, absolutely right. Well, it's going to be interesting. williams Bryce Stadium, not an easy place to play. They're, they get very fired up for their football team when they're good and when they're bad. I mean, that's a very supportive group over there. It'll be a loud environment. They've got some good receivers. We don't know what's going to happen to the quarterback, but I'm right now I'm pretty confident Adam's going to go over there and take care of business. They're better than them in almost every stat. I feel pretty good about this game going forward. Uh, I, I think the game, when they beat Kentucky – and when that kid hit the crossbar on the field goal, I looked down with my binoculars and I saw that whole A&M team saying, we're going to win this game. And that was the first time I've seen that kind of spirit since the Tennessee game of 2016. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright. We'll talk one quarterback to the next, Trevor Knight, who played two years ago at Texas A&M on that 2016 team will join us next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Drybar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime yeah lawrence was never that good at football gave up by the time he got to college but he also learned how geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance so he switched and saved so this here story has a happy ending after all ever wonder why europeans seem to speak so many languages maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in europe Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. I was amazed that I could start having real life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish. Woohoo! <laughs> no wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational and a new language like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com. Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Looking back on the win over Kentucky and ahead to this tricky challenge coming up. Three game, but what an opportunity it is for A&M. In second place in the West and third place overall is wide open. A&M can slide into that ilk coming up here if they take advantage of it and take care of their business over the next three games. But all three of them on the road, South Carolina next. Trevor Knight, who played there in in Columbia two years ago, joins us right now on the phone line. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Welcome back, 938 on the zone. Big thanks to Justin Dunning and Coach Allen Waddell. Flip-flopping it a little bit with Coach Waddell. He just happened to be in town, so let's get him in studio. And it coincided with Trevor Knight just happened to be away, so we just kind of flip-flopped the rotation there on a Wednesday. With that, we go out to the Mac Resource Computers hotline and check in with former A&M quarterback Trevor Knight. Trevor, you're in Tulsa today? Heading up to Tulsa on my way to the airport right now. I missed being in there this morning with you and Justin, but I know that Justin did a great job. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad I could get to still be a part of it. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Well, I like Tulsa. Yeah. Now, that's a really nice American city there and uh, that Broken Arrow area in Tulsa. That'll be fun now. I have to assume you're going to be speaking to a bunch of Sooner people today. Is that right? I think the majority of the people will be Sooners. Um, it's, it's a deal called Aim High Academy. They're having a big banquet night. Um, it's really a deal that kind of targets impoverished kids and brings nice. them um, kind of out of out of the depth through sport. And so I'm going to get to be a keynote speaker wow. and uh, and do that. It's going to be a pretty cool deal. Man, how neat is it? I don't know if we've really talked about this, but getting an opportunity to wear two hats and to have opportunities like you've been able to be blessed with the opportunity to have because you impacted two different schools while you were in college. How, how rare and unique is this thing, your opportunity you have probably for the rest of your life to do things like this both at A&M and at o- Oklahoma? Well, it is unique, and I wanted to make sure that whenever I was leaving Oklahoma that I wasn't severing the ties there because that's a place that means a lot to me. Um, obviously, my undergrad degree from there, and a place that gave me so much and a place that I truly call home. But, you know, the reason I'm back in College Station right now and finishing my master's and getting an Aggie ring is because this is a this is a place I call home too. And so um, getting to wear both hats and getting to have the opportunities from both schools and really the both, both cultures still accepting me and, and – making me feel like part of their own, it's extremely unique, but it's something that I wouldn't change for anything. That's very cool. Trevor Knight with us here on the Mac Resource Computers Hotline. The Aggies heading into a three-game road swing with a real shot. I asked Matt Stinchcomb of the SEC Network, who's not done any A&M games this year. He has come in for film room that they do on the SEC Network, but he's a Georgia guy through and through, two-time All-American offensive lineman. And I asked him, just point blank with no uh, angle, who's the third best team in the SEC? And he boiled it down in his head, and he got there, and when he landed on it, he said it might be Texas A&M. Now, we're going to learn a whole heck of a lot more, but, you know, LSU's got issues. Florida's not quite there yet. Auburn's in a mess right now. Mississippi State's been bad more than they've been good, and A&M beat Kentucky. So, Trevor, he makes a pretty good point. The opportunity's there for A&M to finish second in the West. And to, and to be the third-best SEC team. And when you do that, you're going to the New Year's Six Bowl almost every year. That's right. And I think you hit it right on the head. I think that you obviously have Alabama at the top of the West. They're not going anywhere. Um, we talked about at the beginning of the year that they could beat everybody by three touchdowns and run the table. We get that. And in the East, I really don't see anybody even giving Georgia a, a tough game. I think Kentucky will play them 
defense. I still think Georgia comes out of there with a pretty commanding win. Um, so when you think about it, there's a lot that could happen over the next couple of weeks. But with what we've done here at A&M and kind of who we are, what our identity is, and kind of the culture that we have going, I think there's a really good shot that we run the table over these next four games and uh, put ourselves in a position to be that third-best team and to finish second in the West and go to a really cool venue for our bowl game. Yeah, and Johnny, the A&M hasn't finished uh, better than third since moving to the SEC. The opportunity is really there for this group, no question about it. Uh, the confidence comes uh, in, in large part of what they're doing defensively right now, especially in that Kentucky game. By now, everybody knows all the stats. That Kentucky didn't take a snap on A&M's side of the 50 in regulation. That A&M allowed 66 yards total after the first quarter. That Benny Snell was basically shut down, and Travion Williams got almost three times the production that Snell did. What were your big takeaways in that game when you watched it, Trevor? I think we just got to point out the obvious first. Our run defense is, is absolutely incredible. And what I think is most impressive about it is the fact that that is our identity. Teams know that. Teams see the stat sheet every week and realize how large that we're allowing. Not very many. And so there's a point of emphasis all week, especially for a run-first offense like Kentucky. Hey, they're good. We know they're good. What are we going to do to combat that? For them to understand that, still coming to the game and only rush for 70 yards, I think is absolutely incredible you got to tip your hat to our front seven, especially those big nasties up front. They're doing an incredible job filling their gaps, um, stopping the run, and, and doing just a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I also, despite only scoring 17 and 14 points the last week, I really like the way our offense looks. Um, okay. When you, when you think about Kentucky and that defense, they were at, I believe, the top three in almost every statistical category uh, of defense in the SEC. And we're talking about the SEC here and um, a bunch of teams that are, that are playing really good football. And we came in there and we, we controlled the ball. We didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. There were obviously a few mistakes that, that could have been costly. Um, they didn't end up being costly, thankfully. But I think that just managing the game and hard-fought wins is an okay thing. Now, moving forward this week, I want us to light up the scoreboard. Let's get back to the scoring a lot of points. But against a defense like that, and really the Arkansas defense that I thought was a pretty good defense as well, I'm not too concerned about it. So, you know, overall, hard-fought win back at home against a, a really good Kentucky team that I think is going to finish second in the East. Um, takeaways is just let's keep moving forward. Let's go into this gauntlet and get it done. You know, you played with Travion Williams as a freshman. I remember on na on National Signing Day, now he was already here, and it was that spring semester, and Kevin Sumlin comes into the press conference, and he had, he was a midterm enrollee and said, you know, he got there because it was signing day. He showed up to work about, you know, before 6 a.m., and there was one guy working out, and that guy working out, just grinding it with, with one support staff trainer, one of, I guess, LJ's assistants or whatever, was, was – Travion Williams you played with this guy you know you don't just roll the ball out and get you know 210 yards of total offense on Kentucky and have the success he's having right now leading the SEC in rushing take us inside what what is it about Travion that makes him so special well there's a, a handful of guys that I've played with in my career that from an early age they act like professionals and I think one of the best if not the best is Christian Kirk and another one of Probably my top five is Travion Williams. Thanks to Trevor Knight. We'll stay on the phone line with Matt Stinchcomb, former All-American Georgia offensive lineman and SEC Network analyst who will be in the booth, the color commentator for this game coming up on Saturday between the Aggies and Gamecocks. Stinch with us next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network.
Welcome back to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. We bring in our columnist and Heisman voter, Olin Buchanan. I'm Gabe Bach, and we go out to the phone line and get into this matchup between Texas A&M and South Carolina. 22-ranked Aggies on the road, and Matt Stinchcomb with us, who was a two-time All-American at Georgia and is an SEC Network analyst. And this will be the fourth game he's called of South Carolina. He hasn't called A&M yet. Matt Stinchcomb with us to get into this matchup. Were y'all just saying that Lyle Lovett is six foot seven inches? No, we're nope. saying he was singing about you, Matt. We figure you're oh, probably about okay, six seven. <laughs> Maybe with the hair. He does the hair up. Lyle may be five seven if he cut that hair, but with the hair, I think you got a little something. I think you're about you're onto something now. Put some cowboy boots on him, get a little hairspray. That joke will be six two or three in no time. No doubt. Now, you're a man of many voices, and you're doing A&M for the first time, finally getting to call him. So I got to ask, are you working on your Jimbo impersonation? I, you know, I don't know if I've got the energy <laughs> to do a Jimbo. I mean, that's something that requires about a six-pack of five-hour energy drinks, just shotgunning one after the other and hoping that you survive it on the other end. Well, yeah. we did – film room with him a couple of weeks ago um golly who would y'all have just played clemson probably louisiana monroe, oh, monroe somebody. Okay. yeah yeah that's right yeah um and it's just it, it's like surviving an avalanche just sitting there next to him he's just he's he's, he's a really engaging guy and knows ball inside and out and it just comes at you in waves man and you just grab a piece of driftwood and hope to make it to shore yeah he talks so fast i get winded listening that's yeah, how fast yeah. he is it, it, i don't know how he does it because i get tired just sitting there absorbing what what as much as i possibly can which is almost impossible <laughs> yeah no doubt about it man well so give us your thoughts on the eggs this will be your first chance i know you're diving into it you're very familiar with the team on the other side they got you pinned up on that east coast the whole time basically so <laughs> A&M finally going over there, and you get to call this thing. So what are your thoughts on the new-look Aggies and what Jimbo is building halfway through his first year? I've been really impressed. I'm sure most others are as well, hence the ranking well-earned. You look at the only two games that have been dropped, and you all know this inside and out, to a couple of pretty sporty teams there in Clemson and Alabama. And to me, I think A&M kind of put together the blueprint of what teams will want to incorporate uh, defensively versus the Crimson Tide. And it's not anything unique from what A&M had done, uh, at least in that ULN game and what I'm seeing um, uh, this past week versus Kentucky. Mike Elko, um, he is going to be a stem winder in this conference. These offensive coordinators are probably hoping he's going to get a head job sometime soon or somebody get lures him away because uh, he's a headache. The things that he does on defense, his ability to add defenders to the line of scrimmage and to the tackle box, and he does it late, and he does it, and uh, he comes from the perimeter. He's bringing them in from safety. Uh, you're messing with the numbers a lot. Now, all these RPO offenses, and South Carolina has one as well. You know, you can make that quarterback wrong. He's looking there and he's saying, "Look, I've got a numbers advantage in the box right here. I'm gonna hand the football off." wrong here comes the extra defender uh a guy that can't be accounted for in the blocking scheme and oftentimes is able to get home i was impressed this past week with how well a&m at least early in this game uh tackled in space and they continue to do a good job of adding to the box and to hold benny snell uh to i believe 70 rushing yards on 16 attempts um 170 some odd total yards of offense versus an offense that has been pretty explosive and has a playmaker at quarterback. Can't say enough about the A&M defense. I get that Jimbo Fisher is an offensive-minded coach and a play caller, but to me, that's been the difference. That's been the hallmark of the Aggie team so far this year is the improvement that they've made on the defensive side of the football and specifically uh, in run defense. Well, then what do you think about that uh, challenge that the Aggies have coming up, that defense against that South Carolina offense? What What are your thoughts on, on the Gamecocks when they have the ball? Yeah, you know, we've, we've seen South Carolina quite a bit. This will be their fourth game that we've covered for them. And it's been, to say it's a work in progress, I think it doesn't do it quite justice. It's a little bit too dismissive. That would imply that it's it's not capable of being a good offense because it is and it is in fits and starts, but it isn't consistently. And 
to say that they have a quote-unquote um, identity or a foundation for that offense would be overstating it because they've had moments this season where they've been very, very committed to establishing their ground game and were capable of doing that. But it's only shown up for a couple of series in their conference contests. They, they didn't do a great job of it uh, versus Georgia. They didn't do a very good job of it versus Kentucky. Um, they were able to get it going a little bit more versus, versus a pretty salty Missouri defense, one that I think is um, pretty undervalued in the conference this year. Their defensive front in Mizzou uh, is pretty good tackle to tackle. Um, and they were able to get that going a little bit. But the question is, is that will it show up? South Carolina's issue on offense has been getting their best players to play well. They don't do it all together, and they take turns kind of either dropping or stepping on themselves. That's what hurt them versus Kentucky. There were plays there to be made, and they didn't make them. Brian Edwards, a wide receiver, is a playmaker. He's a little bit dinged up. It'll be interesting to see if he's healthy for this contest. Debo Samuel is probably one of the best, if not the best, all-purpose players in the conference. He's been largely held under wraps. He showed up this past Saturday versus Missouri, and he'll figure prominently in the return game as well. Um, so you look at those guys, they got to step up and play better, knowing that Jake Bentley or Michael Skarnecchia, who was the backup quarterback, started last week versus Missouri, goes out there first at quarterback for South Carolina because regardless, they can't do it on their own. They're not good enough up front to just overwhelm anybody. And the way A&M is playing up front, the way Dalen Mack is finally realizing his potential that he had coming out of high school, they're going to have to have all their playmakers show up and play well versus A&M if they want to have a shot on offense. Do their struggles, a lot of it, so you're saying it's kind of it's bigger than just their own line is kind of hit or miss. What do you think about yeah, that it, offensive it, front? It, and, and then what do you think conversely about A&M's offensive line right now? Yeah, you know, I hadn't looked real closely um, at A&M's offense. Uh, from a tackle-to-tackle standpoint. I will say that um, early on in the season, you could tell that they were doing a good job uh, from a play-calling standpoint of putting those guys in a position to have success to where they can create angles at the point of attack. Because we're not great right now um, with just getting guys off the line of scrimmage, to just muscle them off, getting separation, getting them off the line, and creating some run room for Travion Williams. That said, you got a leading rusher in the conference and a talent at tailback, a guy who, um, from a total yard standpoint, you're not going to find a better weapon right now. Um, I think he had 210 total yards last week versus Kentucky, outgained the entire Kentucky offense. Um, so they're doing something well up front. Big thanks to Matt Stinchcomb. We'll see him on Saturday up in the booth in Columbia, South Carolina, williams Bryce Stadium. We'll take a timeout and come back and pick some games real quick, get into the keys for A&M against South Carolina as we roll along in the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. 
Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Welcome back. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's run down the games that matter in the SEC in Week 7. 14th-ranked Florida at 5-1, and 3-1 and one in league play at Vanderbilt, and even 3-3 three and 0-2 three and oh and in the league at 11 o'clock Central Time kick at Vanderbilt Stadium on ESPN. The Gators coming off a win over LSU at home on the road, favored by 7, and I see them have no problem covering that spread. Dan Mullen's getting it going, and Florida's starting to get humming a little bit here, and they've got momentum, and he's just a heck of a football coach. And I, I see this being about a two-touchdown win on the road for the Florida Gators, having no problem with Vanderbilt. Game number two, Tennessee at 2-3 and three and 0-2 and in the league at number 21, Auburn, 4-2 and two and 1-2. and two. Also, 11 o'clock, Jordan-Hare Stadium, SEC Network. Auburn, this is a high number for Auburn. 15 and a half as we're recording right now. Way too high. Not buying into Tennessee at all. I don't think they're a good football team at all. But I think Jeremy Pruitt knows Auburn extremely well. The, the Tigers are having a world of trouble moving the football and scoring points. And Pruitt does – he's got a couple of defenders, and he knows how to scheme up, especially a team he's very familiar with like Auburn. I think Tennessee all day covers this. So Tennessee in the points for sure, but Auburn will win the football game. It's early, though. It could be tricky in there. This is going to be a four-quarter game. Number two, Georgia, 6-0, 4-0 in the league at number 13, LSU, 5-1 and 2-1 and and in the SEC. 2.30 p.m. Central Time in Death Valley on CBS. Georgia on the road, difficult place to play, favored by 7.5. And, and this is the most challenging one and the hardest one for me to pick because it is at home. LSU's backs are against the wall a little bit. I mean, they're coming off that loss. There's some concerns about their offense, no question. Can Georgia move the football and score points consistently on LSU's defense when LSU's playing at home? You know, seven and a half seems like a lot on the road against a defense like Georgia. But I think clearly the dogs are a better team. And it might be a four-point game late in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, Georgia gets a touchdown. And it's 11. And it's a lot closer than the score. So I think Georgia covers this, but I'm not very confident about it. Missouri at 3-2, and 0-2 in SEC play at number one, Alabama. 6-0, 3-0. 6 o'clock at Bryant-Denny Stadium, ESPN. Bama favored by 28. It could be 38. Bama will cover that spread, keep everybody happy, and Tua will be out well before the fourth quarter. I don't know if he plays a fourth quarter this regular season, and he'll still probably win the Heisman Trophy. Bama will cover that spread. We'll have no problem with Missouri, I don't think. Now, they might score a couple of touchdowns, but Bama, uh, Saban's lighting into that defense this week after what Arkansas did to him, and I, I believe they're going to make a statement. It's just bad timing for Drew Locke that Saban is just taking it on himself to say, look, I've got to keep him from getting bored. We're going to rip the heck out of the defense and make it very challenging on them. And they will make a statement, I believe, on Saturday. And Drew Locke's numbers probably won't be very good at all. Ole Miss, 4-2, 0-2 in the league versus Arkansas in Little Rock, War Memorial Stadium. The Razorbacks 1-5, 0-3, 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. Ole Miss favored by 6.5. I don't know why it's so low. You know, Ole Miss has a world of trouble stopping people, but they can really score. And Arkansas's defense is pretty good, and they got about two really good players at every level of that defense. John Chavis calling the defensive signals there, and... You know, and I know they scored a little bit on Alabama, so that probably narrowed that number. But 
I like Ole Miss offense a lot more than I like Arkansas any any level of their any phase of their game. Ole Miss covers that. I think they win by double digits, and that brings us to the game I'll be covering: twenty second ranked A and M, four and two, two and one in SEC play at South Carolina, three and two, two and two, and it's a two thirty Central Time kick at Williams Bryce Stadium on the SEC Network. Matt Stinchcomb will be on the call with Taylor Zarzer and Chris Budden. A&M favored by two and a half, and I think they cover it. And here are the keys. Number one, run the football. you got to unleash Travion Williams. Missouri ran for 286 yards last week. A&M has the run game humming right now, and I think that's a big factor. Number two, no more egregious mistakes by Kellen Mond. This is now three games in a row where he's had it. Especially on the road, you can't do it. Take care of the football. Don't do anything that sets SC up for the gimme scores, the easy touchdowns right or the easy three points even number three you must cash in when the offense is in the red zone that's been an issue for A&M and really when Seth Small's not going well at the kicker position lately A&M's been turning seven points into zero points can't happen especially on the road South Carolina can beat you if you do that number four keep Stonewall in the run game on defense do it in base personnel you know, not applying extra numbers of the box, still stopping the run. That allows you to play coverage in the back. So don't have to apply numbers to stop Rico Dowdle, Tyson Williams, A.J. Turner and company. Still play coverage. They've been better the last two weeks in coverage. And Jake Bentley can't kill you. But he can if you're not playing well. And he can if you're probably having a man up on the outside with those receivers. Their receivers are pretty good. They're pretty darn good. Brian Edwards and Debo Samuel and Shai Smith. I mean, if you're not... If you're having to focus too much on the run game and you're not stopping it in base, all of a sudden they can burn you deep. But A&M's been stopping everybody and not having to apply numbers to do it. So I think that's going to continue this week. They will stop the run. And because of that, and they'll be able to do it in base with their six and seven guys in the front. And that's going to help them play in the back and play well with the safeties and the cornerbacks and the way they're passing off and communicating well back there late in the last couple weeks. Number five, pay close attention to Devo Samuel, Brian Edwards, though. You can't allow him to run by you. Don't allow the big plays. Maybe one per half. Look, I'll take three. Three plays over 20 in this game, but don't go more than that. Eliminate that big play and attack their quarterback. You know, Bentley's hurt. Skarnecki is inexperienced, even though he's a senior. Pressure whoever plays, and it looks like it's going to be Bentley, but he's playing with a, uh, a knee that's not fully recovered. And you got to get him off his spot, force him to move around, force him into some quick decisions. That's where turnovers come, and you can take a close game and turn it into a blowout. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think first team to 30 wins, and I don't think South Carolina can score 30 on A&M. I think A&M gets their 31-24. Aggies win Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Big thanks to Jimmy Wright, Trevor Knight, Matt Stinchcomb, the producer of this show, Dalton Hughes. We'll be back next week to break down the game at South Carolina and look ahead. It'll be a bye week before Mississippi State coming up two weeks after that. You've been listening to the Texas Ag's Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I'm Gabe Buck.